Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Join me, your host, Jeremiah Byron, as I uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and unexplained their life's work. We love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic, but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect. A little bit of this American life and a little bit of in search of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, Put your phone in your pocket and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. Today's episode, we have Mr. Kai Wada-Roth with me. Uh, Really fun interview about a person who has been all over the world, literally, and knows a whole lot of stuff about Bigfoot, and we just had a really fun conversation. Uh, I, I think you're gonna really like this uh, one, and also a lot of cool behind-the-scenes info about the Bigfoot Bonanza conference of years past. But uh, yeah, enjoy the interview. All right, thanks for coming back to the Bigfoot Society podcast. I have the privilege of having Mr. Kai Water Ralph with me. Nope, oh, dang it, I said it wrong. Oh, okay. Let's try one more time. Wait, wait, wait. I got it. Kai Wada Roth. Yeah. Oath. Yes. I I usually mispronounce something wrong once every episode. So we just got it out of the way right away. Thanks, Kai. So much for coming on. You come up every uh, two to three episodes because you were the uh, guy that put together uh, something called Bigfoot Bonanza, correct? Correct. And it is like, so, you know, in like the Back to the Future movies, you have like October 5th, 1955, and you have like these dates in history they try to go back to. I think that that, besides the Patterson-Gimlin thing, but I think Bigfoot Bonanza had so much going, like everyone really talks about that a lot, man. Um, Do you mind like talking about uh, what Bigfoot Bonanza was? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I thought it'd be really fun. And and fun is the most important thing for me. Um, totally. I thought it'd be fun to have, um, and this is pretty pretty crazy, to have three days of Bigfoot movies. Oh, man. Um, playing on two screens in a haunted and historic movie theater in San Francisco. Um, and then just to invite people who could come and talk. You know, I, I had Cliff Barrickman. I had Kathy mm-hmm. Spain. I had Mantra. Um, I had Fliffy, um, you know, yeah. and, and 
and, and show some of the films, Seth Breedlove's films, you know, and show their films um, and just to hang out and just, you know, the, Man. Um, I've been to, I've been to like a handful of Bigfoot conferences and they get a little stuffy, they get a little mm-hmm. egoist, they get a little um, awkward. I, I don't mind the awkward. I, in fact, I, I enjoy the awkward conversations, but, right. but I just wanted to be fun just to be fun and not like, you know, trying to make money. Um, I mean, I, money's funny, but time is the most important thing. So, and, and I had, I did two Bigfoot bonanzas. I try, I promised myself after the first one, I'm like, I got to do one more cause I want to have Lauren Coleman, you know? Oh, and, yeah. Um, um, but I try not to do things more than twice because I don't want to be uh, a one trick pony doing another okay. same okay. trick twice. Um, That's so, cool. But I do have something secret that I will come out with in the future. So. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, before I forget, I do want to say my buddy Tate wants me to tell you thanks again for playing his film uh, about Bluff Creek Project and all that good stuff. Uh, he says that was really awesome. Thank you again for that. So, Oh, yeah. That was yeah. fine. Yeah, he was yeah. great. I think uh, we went to the... Uh, we went to the liquor store across. He was so nervous before being on front of everybody. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be awesome. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it That's really- so cool. Yeah. Um, what, what else? Uh, so obviously you, you're, you have that part of uh, Bigfoot history you're involved with, but um, what else do you have going on, Kai? How do you um, explain what you do? Um, how, how do I explain it? Yeah, I, I, I love in some people don't like the word monster when it goes with Bigfoot. Um, and that's that's their thing. You know, hey, if they want to say, I mean, we'll get into the whole primate thing in a little bit. But um, okay. but for me, uh, you know, my motto, my motto, my mottos have now becoming or my becoming a documentary series that are in production right now. And the documentary series is called Keep Folklore Alive. Mm. And um, you know, it's, it's really just trying to keep these stories going. Yes. Um, t- this really dates me, but t- 20 years ago in 2001, I went to Nepal for five weeks to collect these, uh, stories of the Yeti because oh, these wow. stories were getting thinned out and forgotten about, you know, the kids, the great grandkids were moving to Kathmandu and then they're foo-foo these stories. And that happens, you know, that happens to this day. Um, I'm taking a drive uh, with my daughters uh, up the Oregon coast in August. Yeah. So I'm like, Ooh, I, I gotta go see the lake where the concert Lake monster hung out, which was like a white albino Bigfoot that was supposedly from space seen in 1969 what? to 1961. Yeah. What is this called again? The concert C O N S E R Lake monster. Wow. He, he identified himself to, I think, a psychic saying his name was Flix. My name is Flix. There are many like me, but I am the one called Flix. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's people, amazing. Yeah. And people shot at it. And there is a record of all the sheriffs that went there. And this is such a small town that, you know, um, I'm like, oh, well, the descendants of these sheriffs probably work in the, the police force. And oh, yeah. so one of my favorite things to do is to call the local sheriff and say, Hey, you busy? Do you know, do you have any, you know, one who's worked there for a long time or has any family members yeah. that did back, you know, 40 years or 50 or 60 years ago that remember this incident, you know, and, uh, oh, man. 
And that's fun because, you know, I send off my email and it gets passed around and then I get an email back from the sheriff's department, you know. Um, so that's really cool. So, yeah, keep Folklore Alive is what I'm doing. I could, I could uh, tell you all about the calling sheriff's office for monsters. Cause that's <laughs> That in itself is really cool. Like, I've thought of doing that with uh, li- libraries in the towns of Bigfoot sightings and like, hey, do you have any old librarians that could chat, but like, that's really smart with the sheriff's officing. Like, uh, has anything come out of that? That's interesting or. Um, one interesting one, this is, boy, this is going back a while, but there's a, a Bigfooter, more of a swamp ape hunter and taxi driver named Ronnie Roseman. Um, and he lives, I think he lives in Oregon now. He's, he's amazing. Okay. Um, anyway, so Ronnie, uh, more, more of a, um, mm, uh, recliner, recliner Bigfoot hunter, so to speak. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but anyways, uh, I, we're going to go out there and record Ronnie at this, uh, this, uh, place up on the coast in, I think, okay. Seattle. um, anyways, and we're right by Grace Harbor and, oh, uh, yeah. and Ronnie's like, Oh, we gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go do some gambling. So we're like, okay, well, there's this, you know, in the peninsula, there's Grace Harbor, this casino, but there's this stretch where all these Bigfoot are seen. And I'm just oh. like, you know, this is where like the sheriff, uh, Her- was it Hereford, you know, and the famous Great Harbor tracks, you know, which yeah, are like yeah. for good looking tracks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'm like, oh, what the hell? So I called the sheriff's office. I'm like, hey, this sheriff Hereford, you know, I know he's retired, but he's used to live around oh, the area. Man. And they're like, no, he doesn't. And I said, okay, well, just curious, what's the general consensus? How does everyone feel about, you know, a Bigfoot, you know, in the you know, on the force there. And they're like, oh yeah, we all believe in it. A lot of us have seen it. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, oh, uh, I have my camera. And, and they're like, yeah, you're not going to get us saying that on camera, you know, like, <laughs> but they're like, we'll tell you our stories, but we're not going to, you know, like we don't need oh, to get wow. ridiculed. Oh, that's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, I, I bought a, um, a mold, a 1960 Peter Byrne mold. Uh, for a track off of a sheriff deputy, you know? So it's like, it's Whoa. cool. It's cool when the, it's cool when, I don't want to say conservative, but it's cool when the police force yeah. is, you know, believes in it, you know? Because oh, you'd imagine man. them foo fooing the whole thing. But they just have oh, to keep exactly. it. On, they have to keep it on the DL. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, <laughs> so I don't, um so do you mind saying like so are you in oregon then or northern california or i'm in um i'm in um the bay area okay okay i'm on a little island called alameda which is right across from san francisco in like the 1930s it was like the coney island where people would come over and like 10 degrees warmer than san francisco but i work in oh nice okay Uh, i grew up as a kid in eureka near um Willow Creek. So when I was a, oh, whoa. a shrimp, you know, when I was a little kid, we'd always go to this old diner and eat dinner. And it was right across from um, the old Jim McLaren, the wood statue of the yeah. Oma. Oh man. Yeah. And that was, uh, and I always tell this story because this story was, you know, I was at the age where like, Hey, I knew I figured out the Easter bunny, which, you know, leads to the tooth fairy, which is just like the big right. guy, like Santa Claus is not real, but then, Oh yeah. You know when you're up there people talk about bigfoot it's not like a santa claus talk it's like it's a real thing talk 
And so that was like, and then some people don't believe in it and some people do. And so uh, that was like, man, yeah, it's cool to grow up with that. So what, what time period is that then when you're growing up in that area? Uh, probably 1980 to 87. Yeah. Wow. 80, 1980 to 87. I think I moved That's out of there. That's awesome. 87. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So Dude. totally like when you, when you think of those, like, uh, you know, stranger things, you know, yeah. like those, That's I mean, that it. was, that was me on my Huffy cruising through like the Redwood Gulch during like, you know, times when like ET came out and all that jazz, you know? Oh man. Yeah. And, and we How had, cool like, is that? my friend's father had a Bigfoot sighting and uh, he didn't talk about it for years. Cause it was super embarrassing. He was going to the bathroom when it happened. You want to oh, hear man. it? Oh, do all I right. want to hear anything with Bigfoot? Go ahead. So this is a, this is an embarrassing one for my friend's father, but I always think it's a great one where he was, um, his family was driving back from Willow Creek. They were going back to Eureka where they live. And it's like an okay. hour and 10 minute drive or so. Um, and his old seventies Lincoln continental. Cause he always bought these nice. things. And, um, all of a sudden, well, this is the weird part. He said his stomach was hurting from the Mexican food he ate. And I don't, I don't even know if there's Mexican restaurants ever in Willow Creek, but anyways, he said his stomach was like gurgling over. He so he pulled over to go to the bathroom, right? In the bushes on the side of the road. Totally embarrassing. Oh no. But yeah. In the middle of nowhere, right? It's totally dead in the middle of the night. His family, yeah. my my childhood friends in the back of the car. And this car comes around the corner and he's like, realizes, oh, I'm nowhere even in the bushes. You know, he's like squatting right on the side oh. of the road. And he's okay. just like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm nowhere even near the bushes. And then the car hits him with the high beams. And he's just like, mm. oh my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> you know, he's just thinking they're just hitting him the high beams just to be embarrassed. And he turns and look like out of embarrassment to look on the left. And what looks on the left, they're like 15 or 10 feet away is this Bigfoot that just turns and just goes thunk. Funk oh, up the hill no way. and it's gone. And that's why they Whoa. turned the, the, the high beams on was to see that, not him. You know? Wow. And, and he was just like, beep, 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 jumped in his car, like freaked out, drove home, didn't talk about it because it was so embarrassing, you know? And didn't talk about it for years. Um, oh, man. Because I mean, if you're going to have a Bigfoot sighting, you don't want to say it was like with your pants down, you know? But um, that, that's true. Yeah, that is that's a true thing. It's like, so what was going on? Well, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's a, that's, that's a funny. really funny. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. Um, I'm gonna. So actually, I'm curious. Have you had ever had any sightings yourself, or anything of that nature? No, never. Um, I actually, I got you know, for me, I I entered it. Uh, the Bigfoot world. It's weird. I can say a Bigfoot world, but it is a Bigfoot it, world. It's a, it's a world. It is yeah. a world. Yes. Um, the Bigfoot world. Um, because I was interested in uh, um, anthropology and I was interested in the study mm. of people. Okay. And the study of cultures and the study of hoaxers. And oh. there was uh, an article or there was a line that um, John Green wrote once about how um, for all the hoaxers, for all the prints that are found and all the personalities of hoaxers, how there couldn't be that many hoaxers with this unique personality for all the tracks that are found. And I was like, oh, that's really oh, interesting. Wow. And then uh, I think in 2003, there was 
this, uh, the Bigfoot, the International Bigfoot Symposium. I think that's what mm-hmm. it was called in Willow. And um, when I was there, I, I met like two people who had never believed in Bigfoot from two different worlds. And they told me their stories. Yeah. And it, that those two stories made me um, want to know more. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Cause they, That's their, stories, awesome. their stories were just like nonchalant. And, and I think that like the nonchalant sightings are the, you know, it's like, you know, all these guys go out there and they go Bigfoot hunting. Uh, are they ever going to see one when they're looking for it? You know, I don't mm. know. It's like people who just randomly see one. That's how it happens. I think. I mean, that's nuts, but yeah, I totally agree. It's like, there are some times when you talk to people and you're like, you can tell when a person is genuine and not, and not lying. On the other hand, you can tell when a person is lying. That's kind of scary too, but, um, and, um, I want to touch on what is confusion Hill. Oh, Confusion Hill is a 1949 roadside attraction that is um, up in the Redwoods. It's a oh, little yeah. right on the border of Mendocino and Humble. It's not in Bigfoot country, um, okay. although it's right near the legend of Bigfoot, which is a, a gift shop that like, just like pumps Bigfoot stuff out left and right. They're nice. not really... They, supposedly, there was a Bigfoot sighting across the street from there. It's a little fishy in my book. Um, mm. But, but anyways, uh, I can get back to that in a second. Um, but the, uh, anyways, and so I, I was friends, I befriended the owner 20 years ago, 21 years ago, and I just do their social media. I, I come up with like t-shirt designs. Um, I I get like, I bought an old fortune telling machine. I write the fortunes for it, you know, stuff like that. That is cool. It's a, it inspired the TV show Gravity Falls. It's like a Disney show. I was going to ask because I was like, there's no way that this is not related. Yeah. Because it's, it's totally Gravity Falls, which is so cool. Yeah. In fact, they have a statue, the, the Bill Cypher statue. Yes. Um, they have a big yeah. one there. And um, yeah, so I just I just love it. Oh, it's cool. There's a um, old 1926 or 27 hotel that's like up the road that I stay at. Um, I, I update their ghost journal that the uh, guests and the employees, you know, they tell their ghost stories and I, I keep it up to date. It's like almost 40 pages long now. It's crazy. But um, so you are, I'm seeing definitely a common thread here where it's like you are very concerned that stories from the past do not get lost much like an actual like folklorist would do. Do you, so do you, is that what you consider yourself then? I have never, I don't know. I've never even thought of, I've never even thought of saying that out loud, but, uh, dude, it's like, yeah. Preservation. I'm, I'm all about preservation of, uh, of stories. I, I'm a, mm-hmm. I, I love story. I love hearing stories, love storytelling. Um, yeah. And so folklore is pretty much just a story with a little bit of extra super nature, which is super. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. You know? Um, have you, so you've, you've collected these stories. Um, have you ever like put them in a book or like, you're just kind of putting them in random things here and here? You know, I'm a typical Pisces procrastinator. So like even the Yeti expedition, I've got like, mm. I mean, I've got footage that's 20 years old. So eventually oh, that'll nice. be a, a, 
that'll be just like a, a passion project that I'll put out. I should have done it then, but you know, when I was, I'm 25, you know, like I was goofing around, you know, and so just goofing. Um, just goofing. So now, you know, I think with Keep Folklore Alive, you know, we've got the horse blinds on because we've got to yeah. do this. Um, and the two fellows who, uh, the director and the producer, um, the director is Brad Abrahams, and he directed um, Love and Saucers. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm. Um, but him and Matt, who's the producer, they did, um, it's called Swan Song of the Skunk Ape. And has Dave Sheely, you know, in Florida. Yep, yep. And it was so good. They sent it to me when I did the Bigfoot Bonanza. Like, hey, it's 10, 11 minutes short. Would you put it in? And I watched it. And I'm like, I, I showed it twice a day, I think all three days of the first Bigfoot oh, Bonanza. Wow. I was like blown away. And then when I had a Space Visitors Film Festival, um, they submitted their, their alien one and it blew me away. So finally, I was just like, hey, fellas, I've got an idea for this documentary series. Oh, man. You know? And uh, so they went for it. So we filmed one and a half episodes. We went to uh, film one on the um, Telos, which is sorry for everyone who's into Bigfoot. They're going to be like, what? Although there is. So here's the thing. If they're listening to this podcast, we talk about uh, I talked to Cliff Berkman about Grateful Dead and stuff like that. So it's not just Bigfoot. It's kind of like the story behind the people. uh, Yeah. 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 It's more than just Bigfoot. But yeah, go ahead. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to, uh, hopefully I'll see Cliff in August when I go up there. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's awesome. Um, anyways, what were we talking about? Uh, talking about Telos. Oh yeah. So the first episode is about Telos and the underground, uh, Lumerians who live underneath Mount Shasta, who oh, also have quite yeah. a space and you know, right. they do this thing. Uh, but mostly it's about the people who believe in Telos, uh, cause they're the ones that keep it alive, you know? Right. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. And then the second episode is called um, Support Your Local Monster. So it has the first monster we filmed was the Lake Worth monster down in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Yep. Have I've you heard, heard of that? It's like yep, a, a little bit, a little bit. The yep. goat man. It's ironic because it's like a, a white goat man. Um, but people always want it to be a Bigfoot. Hmm. I see a lot of things. People want to be a Bigfoot. That's weird. Yeah. Is, that is weird. I don't know why. Um, hmm. They can just say, hey, it's okay. It's a goat man. You know, there's other right. weird goat man sightings, you know, like it doesn't have to turn into like a, a Bigfoot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so we got two more monsters after that. We're still, we're still playing with. Um, nice. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm thinking I'm supposed to keep it a secret for now, but we'll, we'll keep it a secret for now because uh, episodes I don't have to edit are the easiest episodes, but yeah. 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 Um, you know how that is, but, uh, oh man, that sounds like a killer documentary series. And I think it's the right time for that to come out too, for people to remember like one, uh, all the, so one thing that comes up is, uh, the knowledge of the world is not just in the internet. It's in the previous generations, right? And so you have to not be afraid to talk to them or to go to the library and look up these old articles and newspapers and learn how to use a microfiche and stuff like that. And like, you know, dig into these old stories, which, you know, some I'm going to start to do that once, you know, get a little bit more time. But um, um, I actually have a question about Confusion Hill. Sure. Um, This is from a gentleman 
called Bigfoot Anonymous. Um, have, have you noticed? Yeah. Okay. So have you noticed, uh, do animals react differently in the vortex? I don't really know the context of this question. I'm guessing like, there's an area in Confusion Hill. It's like a vortexy thing. Maybe it's a vortexy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think they recommend people not to take their animals in there because okay. it, what it does is it, it makes you feel um, a little seasick. Oh. Because you're, it's like a, it's a gravity house. So in the 1940s, there was, you know, surprisingly, all these gravity houses that were discovered that had the same layout inside, you know. Um, what? Well, uh, I mean, mm. so someone with a really great blueprint of a gravity house probably went around the whole U.S. and stuff. <laughs> That's hey, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a two-day drive from the other gravity house I sold the plans to. Um, That's awesome. But it could be also like, you know, uh, ancient burial ground. It could be a, um, you know, buried alien craft. It could be a magnetic force of uh, vortex. It could be, uh, uh, what is it? I mean, there's something like. There's a whole side. There's like, I saw the picture of the sign. There's like seven different things that are listed, oh, yeah. right? Like it's oh, yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, it's it's oh, a registered man. vortex, you know, for the Vortex Society. Wow, um, what's the Vortex Society? I don't know. I mean, oh, dude, you know, this sounds awesome. Like, I've got to look that up. Yeah, the, I think they are called the Vortex Research Society. But um, that's awesome. I don't know. I can I can hang out in there for a long time now, you know, oh. um, and not feel that bad. It, it all depends. Yeah, there's days in yeah. there I feel busy, but. Um, oh it's not like I can hang out in the gravity house all day when I go there. <laughs> Jeez, that's awesome. Do you go up to Portland and hang out a lot? I haven't been to Portland in a long time. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. Last time I did, okay. I hung out with Flippy, though, because uh, Craig Flippy Dude, lives up there. He's, he was a fun guy to talk to. Yeah. When, when I, met him, I, did, I met him in 2003 at the uh bigfoot symposium and he drove his moped up there yes yes and he, and he was living in um long beach so then go figure i don't think i was living in los angeles at the time but then something like this is going back 16 17 years ago i was living in los angeles and i met cliff barrickman at a fourth of july gathering at daniel perez who writes the bigfoot times at his house and then I found out he lives in Long. At the time, he lived in Long Beach, right near Flippy. So then we all hung out in Cliff's backyard, and Cliff what? was so awesome. He was just like we spent the whole day hanging out, drinking beers, and he was like making copies of all of his casts. And I, I blame Cliff now because now, like, I have like this like maybe twenty five or thirty wow Bigfoot tracks in my closet, and I keep on collecting these rare ones. Um, I, I got hooked on collecting. Oh these man. Yeah, that is awesome. He probably has a hundred of them now, but um, yeah, just, just hanging out with Cliff Berkman and Danny Perez and Craig Flip. That's got to be oh, that's a wild memory, dude. I, eventually, I want to talk to to uh, Danny Perez. Um, oh, he's great, dude. That he did the episode with uh with Cliff and Bobo, and that was like one of my favorite things from uh. I think it was 2020 it came out and but dude that that guy that's a wild dude. Yeah, you know, he's 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 got an egg of knowledge that guy. Um oh, man. I've been subscribing to his 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 newsletter the Bigfoot Times for I want to 
I want to say 20 years I've been getting it. Oh. And I, I swear, I look forward to every single issue. I rip that sucker open. Uh, yeah. you know, and I read it as soon as I can. And it's, it's great because, uh, it has inside skinnies. It's got good book reviews. Mm. It's got, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Um, I got a pony up Well, it's $20 a year. I just got to do it. I think man. it's 1850. Wow. That's I think incredible. I think it only goes up like 50 cents every other year or something like that. Because postage or something like that. Um, There's no like anthology of the previous issues, is there? I don't know. I don't think there is. I'd have to bust out my old calculator, but if he's Mm. he's doing it for like 20 or 22 years or something like that, maybe 20 years times 12, whatever that is, you know, that's a whole bunch of issues. That's a, you know, pretty, it's like a two or three pager. Depends on, you know, how much yeah. he's got to talk about. Yeah. Um, Jeez. But he oh, goes man. right in there. He goes right for the jugular. So for guys who are, mm. and gals, who are just getting into Bigfoot, they may be like totally confused getting an issue and being like, what, I don't even, what are they talking What's about? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I like though. I like really, really getting into it uh, for sure. Um, right he, in the deep end he had the story about like, uh, see, I never realized that they, they never found, they didn't know where the Patterson Gimlin film was, uh, was like developed. And to me, that was like a mind explosion. Like yeah. that's a documentary right there, man. Someone's got to make that, but he, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, maybe I'm going on touchy subjects here, but, um, uh, but Daniel, like, um, he is a big uh, believer in, in the, the the PG film. Yeah. Yet, um, he one time he wrote an article about how he found an uh, it was an I think it was a magazine ad that came out like a few months I think it was a few months before the PG film was filmed, and the ad was for the sixteen millimeter camera that the, <laughs> that Roger Goodness, that oh, used. No. <laughs> and, and it shows two cowboys on a horseback with a camera. <laughs> and it came out a few months before the PG film. So it was like, hmm, interesting, you know? Well, hey, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. For me, it's, uh, when people ask me, like, do you believe? Do you believe in that one? Do you believe in this one? And I said, yeah. you know, it keeps the story alive. I believe yeah. in it. I believe yeah. in the people to believe in it. Um, like to me, like a story of a, of a Bigfoot making tracks and someone being surprised and seeing it is just as amazing as some guy who goes out there on his own on his day off and makes these tracks and then convinces his friends to go look at it and then keep it a secret for 20 years because he doesn't want to like, get it. Like the guy that made the huge penguin, was it like penguin tracks in florida or something like that have you ever heard of that guy uh-uh look that guy i think it's like space penguins or something i may be totally off on this but like <laughs> there's a guy who pretty much hoaxed people for 20 or 30 years uh made him think that they're like giant penguins on the oh, florida wow. coast because he had like these huge tracks he made but at the end of the day it's still a good story but i do believe in it you know uh yeah but i have people um all sorts of different spectrums come on, uh, which is fun to chat. Um, I, I would a, love. I yes. I have a question. 
do you do you find it interesting that so many people are into Bigfoot that say that it's a hiding primate, yet surprisingly, those people are not into the study of primates. Oh boy. Right? That's like that's fun. Okay. There's something different. There's something different between a Bigfoot than a primate, or else these people would be all about going to the zoo and looking at gorillas all day. They'd be all about chimpanzees. They'd be reading all the Jane yeah. Goodall's books, you know, but no, mm. I think Bigfoot is bigger. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, yeah. I'll ask you. So I usually ask this at the end, but like, oh. what, what do you personally, when you think of Bigfoot, like, what are you thinking you're looking at? What am I looking at? Like behind yeah. you right now? <laughs> well, is it is it like uh you could say is it a type of humanoid? Is it a primate? Is it supernatural? Is it from another dimension? There's a lot I, of different camps. Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah. I I am I, um, I just finished reading uh maybe a few weeks ago, I finished reading um Lyle Blackburn's uh, Momo book. And, you know, he was talking about how the, you know, there's Bigfoot sightings with these flying saucers or UFOs and Mm. maybe, and maybe, maybe there's a, you know, the connection is these UFOs are like dropping these Bigfoot off Mm. almost kind of like a, almost like an SPCA. They're just like, okay, we caught a dog. Let's go throw it or let's, let's go just throw it somewhere where it can live. You know, it's off our area sort of thing, you know? Um, I don't know. And then some people are like, they're like, no, I don't want to, you know, like, just like John Green is like, I don't want to talk about UFOs. I don't want to, you know, that's like, that's okay. that, that part's fooey. You know, some people don't want to talk about that connection. Uh, for a long time, I was like that too. I'm like, ah, no. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't want to talk about flying saucers. I only want to talk about Bigfoot. Although for me, Bigfoot was always, um, it was more of like a spiritual thing, you know? Mm. um not a primate um for me that that was my that was my thing for a long time uh just because i mean what the hell you can't this thing just disappears you know it's not like you know a lot of a lot of people do think that or there are these stories where it's like you see um there's the disappearing or um, I've talked to guys that have seen uh, Bigfoot controlling orbs. I've I've talked yeah. to a gentleman. Like, there's some really wild stories out there, and it's like the thing is, is you can't tell if it's you can't say, "Oh, that's not true," or "That's not true." No one can prove, you know. Yeah, you have there's, to go by what people are saying. There was a book I read uh, a long time ago, maybe like 15 years ago, called. Valley of the Skookum, I mm, think. That sounds familiar. And, yeah, Sally. Um, Sally, I can't remember Sally's full name. But anyways, and in that book, you know, um, the Bigfoot would disappear and then she would see these orbs. Mm. And and she said, and then she would smell. She would smell the, the smell. And so I think, I think in the book, she says, well, there's a connection that the smell is something they can't control. Or maybe it's a warning that they're appearing or disappearing in that area, you know? So it's like a heads up. Hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know that that's some weird stuff. That's yeah. weird, you must have a killer. I'm, I'm thinking that you have a killer book collection. I have a pretty good book collection. It's, yeah. it's intense, isn't it? You've got, you probably got some super deep cuts. I'm just, it's a guess that you are a guy who hits uh, because I'm kind of like this too. You hit the thrift stores 
the flea markets and you know what you're looking for and no one else is looking for it and you get all the good stuff. Yeah. When, when, um, when I, when I find copies of the, uh, do of almost no man exist, you know, the Roger copies, like you found multiple copies when, when I, yeah, when I have more than, because I have one, I have one and mine's beat up. And when I find a good one, you know, like I give it to a friend who doesn't have it, you know, wow. like good I, don't for you. To, I don't need to good hoard things. I don't need yeah. to make, you know, a hundred bucks. I mean, I do. Yeah. But, I mean, if I can get, <laughs> if it'll, if it'll make my friend happy, then that's more important. Right. You know? That's awesome. That is so, so sell, cool. If I sell it to him for hundred bucks. Then I'm just yeah. <laughs> win, win. Yeah. Like, um, no, well, probably out in your area, you're finding more stuff like that. Like I live in the Midwest in Iowa and, you just don't see the weird stuff, unfortunately. If you do, it's few and far between. Yeah. But, oh man, I would love to go thrifting in Oregon. My goodness. Oh, just if you go near Eureka, the bookstores in Eureka, you can get so many Bigfoot paperbacks that are just like, you know, oh, here's oh, a you goodness. know, Renee de Hinden paperback, you know, just right off uh. the bat. There's a John Green, and then you realize, oh, someone just donated their whole entire collection to this like secondhand you know, bookstore or something. Um, oh my goodness. That's and, awesome. And they're always like, they're always like autographed too, you know? Really? I think I have like oh, two geez. or three John Green books that are autographed from him. And so when, I, when I've seen him, I've seen him maybe two or three times in person and I've never had to like ask for his autograph because the books I have. <laughs> like already have it. <laughs> you just trace over the one that's already in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one one oh time, um, one time, uh, my band was on tour uh, up in Washington, and um, it was right after 9/11. So they weren't letting anyone go into the Canadian border unless you had okay. your passport, your driver's license, and your birth certificate. Right? Wow. And yeah. I'm like, and I, and we were gonna go play a show in um, Vancouver. But I told my friend, I'm like, oh, let's take the long way around and we'll go to Harrison Hot Springs and go visit John Green. You know, and I called oh, John yeah. Green and I'm like, okay, we're going to come over. And so then we then we get to the Border Patrol, right? And there's like the Mountie guy, the classic Mountie. And he's like, oh, yeah, you need to have your passport. And I was <laughs> like, I'm like, we, this is like impromptu trip. Um, you know, going through this way, you had to have your passport. I think going through the other way, you did it. But anyways, I was just like, yeah, we don't have it. And I'm like, we're just here to see John Green. And he goes, oh, John Green, the Sasquatch hunter? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, you guys can go. And then he goes, but I'll tell you, I don't believe in the Sasquatch, but I do believe in the Ogopogo. <gasps> and then he, and went, and that was pretty cool. That was interesting. That's that he awesome. Believed, he believed in one, but he didn't believe in the other. But then he let us in and everyone else was turning back. Two. So, um, so I've got a question out of that. So how do you get to the point where you become on a personal level like that with John Green? And you're like, I'll just call up John Green, beep, boop, beep. And like, how does that happen? Um, I think he, I met him for the first time at the, um, in Willow Creek, there's the China Flat Museum. Yep. And they have, um, they had like their opening of their, their new Bigfoot wing. Okay. And it had, um, he was there. Uh, Jeff Meldrum was there. Daniel Perez was there. Yep. I think, yep. I, think, oh, I think Bobo was there too. I think there was a picnic. And anyways, and so um, I met him then. And then I don't think, I 
can't remember if he was a talker at the Bigfoot Symposium, but then I went to his house that in in Harrison Hot Springs, um, okay. yeah, and shot the wow. real heart. You know, just a super sweetheart that guy. Um, mm. But I think through Jeff Meldrum, he just gave me everyone's phone numbers back then. You know, because it was just like he just called people. So I called. You know, oh, that's I, true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I called Renee to Hinden and we just shot this, shot the breeze, you know, oh my goodness. About, like bachelor stuff, you know, smoking like Swisher sweet cigars <laughs> and, and cooking like, you know, he cooks. I had just watched a documentary um, at that time called Sasquatch Odyssey. I, okay. I think it's one of the best Bigfoot documentaries out there. Um, I had the director come out. He lives in L.A. Um, yeah. To the second Bigfoot Bonanza, his name is uh, Peter von Putkummer. Putkummer, Peter. Anyways, Peter's really nice. And uh, <laughs> the documentaries about the Big Four, like Peter Byrne, Renee DeHinden, John Green, okay. um, and uh, one other I can't think right now, a Grover Krantz. And oh, yeah, so, right. and so uh, Jeff Meldrum had all these guys' numbers. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, here's, here's Grover Krantz's number, and here's you know. So before oh, I went, man. That's yeah. awesome. So I was able to talk to all of them, you know, like we went to Nepal, mm-hmm. I used um, Peter Burns um, Sherpa guide. Um, before I went, I called um, Grover Krantz. I'm just like, okay, what do we do if we find any evidence? And um, no way. He was really awesome. Cause he was just like, well, just, you know, he's just like, take as many photos as you can, you know, whatever, whatever the situations happen. And then, and then after we, after the phone call was over, like five minutes later, he calls me back. He's like, it, almost like it was supposed to be a tap line. He's like, on your trek, take a gun. If you see one, shoot it, cut off its head and bury it. And then I'll come back. What? See if you can see if you can bury the lower jaw. And I was just like, yes, this That's is Grover. Call. Grover Grant said that. Yeah. Yeah. It was that so is so awesome. amazing. I was like, oh my God, yes. You know, I mean, he was like a pro, uh, pro shoot for the proof kind of guy, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was wow. really, cool. it was really cool for him to say, he's like, yeah, it's like bury the bottom jaw or the, or both of them if you can. I was like, of course, I'm not going to like break open a head, you know? Um, oh man, that's intense. Yeah. That's yeah. really intense. That's, that's a cool fun. story, dude. Yeah. Um, I have not seen Sasquatch Odyssey. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, my favorite old school is uh, In Search of Bigfoot with Robert W. Morgan. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love that Sounds stuff, good. man. Oh, man. He is. I would love to interview him, but he is. Uh, he's past the point of being interviewed, I think. Oh, uh, he's he's extremely he's extremely up in years, but um, he just seems man. That was a, that's a cool film. That's really cool. I can't yeah. remember. Was he a taught? Was he a speaker at one of Mark DeWirth's uh, Ohio Bigfoot conferences? I can't remember. I, th- I think he. I'm not sure about that. I think he was um, honored in some way at one of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. We but, have the uh, we have, cool we, have the same, we have the same hairdo. Me and uh, me and him. That's true. That's true. Oh my goodness. Uh, reading through. So I was reading through the article that you sent me that you wrote and so besides all this bigfoot stuff and besides all this um 
the Confusion Hill stuff. Like you are a, pretty much a world traveler. Yeah. Uh, How does that happen? Like that's you do some cool stuff. Oh, I just I gotta keep on going. Um, yeah, I go somewhere new. I um, yeah, I just start reading and I start falling in love with some weird situation, and then I've got to go check it out. I got I, there was a while there was a while there was like a decade where I was really obsessed with the kind of uh, funny situations that Hercules would get into that weren't oh, a part man. of his his twelve labors. They were like this after the labors or this just the side goofing arounds that he did. And yeah. so I, I went to Greece like three times to go to these like random, you know, places where, you know, he fought wow. the small dog and young people. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I love to do this kind of stuff. I spent, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Spent yeah. like a month on Easter Island. I, I was into what? the Red Baron. So I went to the potato field on the hundred year anniversary of the red baron craft with a whole bunch of other history nerds and we it was great too because every guy brought a bottle of champagne there's probably like 20 okay. of us you know from all over the world all into the red baron and we all had a bottle of champagne in this potato field um dang yeah i mean you've been to you've looked for where uh, werewolves right well uh ish ish I, I, I went, I, I bumped around Transylvania to try to collect like werewolf okay. stories. Um, but oh, it, right. it, was, it yeah. was a little more like, yeah, it was a little more um, harder to get the, uh, the Roma people to want to talk about that, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't like, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, it is like Transylvania, like in the movies. It's crazy because you go there and it's just, you're, it's a step back in time, you know? Wow. But, uh, but yeah, there's a point where it's just like, um, that would be the equivalent of going to like a Native American reservation and being like, oh, yeah, how often do you see a Bigfoot? You know, like, yeah, okay, good call. Yeah, you don't want to like, do that. Yeah, it, it, not the, cool. The good, the good stories don't leave the res, you know? Like, mm, yeah. there's those stories I hear um, that, that, yeah, that come from reservations that like a Bigfoot hunter will be like, oh, my God, but then they'll never go on there because that's like, yeah. you know, you're going on someone else's like, uh, life you know yeah you want to be super respectful of that right like yeah you don't mess around with stuff like that totally but um, um my, my yeah. cousin i'll tell you really quick my cousin okay, goes, okay. he goes salmon fishing every year uh in the uh olympic peninsula on a oh, yeah. Yeah. reservation and so for every year for i don't know how long you know past a decade the same guide he's also a tracker for the fbi and he tells my cousin like all you know every year it's like okay he gets he's the, he's like the um, law enforcement of the the reservation too but every year like he gets the calls like Bigfoot's raiding the smoking sam you know the salmon's hanging out to smoke or Whoa. Bigfoot problems you know and he'll go out and he'll follow the tracks and never find where they go and they have sightings you know and the elders have like you know VHS footage you know that's like lock sealed tight you know really. No, not gonna way. Out, you know, people filming in their backyard, a Bigfoot, you know, so that's mind blowing to me, but I could yeah. totally see it happening. Yeah. Oh, and so man. it would be uh, obviously a huge taboo to ever release that, mm -hmm. you know, because it would, I mean, it's dishonor your entire family. Oh, yeah. Totally. But um, yeah. So for now we have like, you know, Patterson. You know, and all the other footage we have is kind of right. You know, 
the gold uh-huh. standard seems to be the Patterson Gimlin film still, I would say. But, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I bet when you, so you went down to look for the bell, Witch too. Um, I just went to, I just went to go check out the, okay. uh, yeah, I had to go check it out. I, I mean, that yeah. was like, I came across the, I was in this like occult bookstore in San Francisco, like 10 years oh, ago. I was like, I was like, what are these little pamphlets up there, you know, on the top of this bookshelf? And yeah. one of them was the Echoes of the Bell Witch. And the second one was the other. Oh, wow. was the, the Echoes of the Bell Witch was the second one. And I forget the first one was the title of the first Bell Witch book. But it was like, you know, an old printing of it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I still guiltily I have yeah. not seen Seth Breedlove's um, Bell Witch. I was just um, going to ask so, you, have you seen it? Dude. Kai, you've got you've got to watch it in the next few days. I'm not even kidding. Like, it is probably one of the most intense. Uh, yeah, I would say the most intense films he's made, and it's super well done. Um, that you'll love it. You'll love it. The stories that are just like the folklore that's presented in that film about the Bell Witch and the town and other things you won't be expecting. It's super good, man. Oh, Definitely awesome. check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah. I'm mm. always a supporter of Seth Breedlove. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I'm I'm so pumped that they get to go up and uh hang out with the Olympic project for their next on the trail of Bigfoot soon. That's gonna be a good time. That guy gets around so much. He's like he does, not, man. Like, does he freeze time to go and do all these filming? I don't I do not know. He probably sleeps like three hours a night. I do not get it. I, I I think you're right. How do you you you? I feel like you have some sort of connection to Ape Canyon. Have you done this, any cool Ape Canyon stuff? Um, I went hiking up one day. Um, okay, but take enough water to go like the whole Ooh. whole caboodle. And someone else, I don't know if it was Craig Flippy or some someone else went up to Ape Canyon. I mean, I like the story a lot. Um, yeah. but um, no, I I only went a little bit of hiking. I didn't even get up to where the the spot was i think at the point at that time when i went there it wasn't even where they actually pinpointed the actual spot of the uh, the cabin okay which now, i think they they know exactly where it was now right oh yeah mark marcel has totally he's got it down that sucker down oh yeah. that, that was fun to talk to him my goodness well yeah he's a good he's a fun dude um i have a uh section of questions that i ask everyone yeah, and I think it's it's fun because everyone has a different uh, viewpoint, and it's it's fun for the audience to see where the the uh, person takes it. So we are going to launch into that. So get ready here. So the first one sticks about twenty five percent of the time. So we'll see if it works. What should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? It's super awkward. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't oh, know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's fine. Because um, I'm only going back like a uh, half hour of time. Um, <laughs> what did I? What I did? What did I not ask you that I should have asked? Um, it's pretty much. It's a weird way to say it too. So, like, if I knew you better, is there anything that I I would have asked you that I didn't? I don't know. No. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. Oh, uh, who was? What was the band that you were playing with? Oh, well, it was the Red Barons at the time. Hence, uh, hence the Red Baron thing. But I, I mean, I, okay. I've been in like 20 plus bands now. And, and, um, really? You know, I mean. Oh, man. I mean, they were just short, I'm, you know, short live just for okay. fun. Have a band. It's like, hey, let's, let's make a band. Let's play like seven shows and call it quits. 
put out a 45, you know, put out a little record, something like that. So, yeah. Which I think that's amazing. So you weren't like, uh, uh, no, like uh, crazy, like I was on TRL with Carson Daly back in the day, like just kind of like indie stuff, which I think is way better, you know? Yeah. Just like yeah. I've always been in like garage rock bands and it's ironic now that like I haven't played live for maybe two or three years. Now I put on mm-hmm. shows, but I don't, okay. I, don't really, I, I, just don't, I don't really need to be on stage anymore. But then gotcha. like all of a sudden, like some this German or British guy wants to put out an album for a band I was in like 10 years ago and wants to pay for our tour in Europe. I'm just like, what? I'm all, really? You know, I mean, it's hmm. cool, but it's like 10 years too late a little bit. Like, yeah, that's interesting. I don't okay. want to, well, I'm not, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Yeah. Uh, what are you most excited about right now? This could be anything. Oh, um, right now. Um, well, today was really fun because today for Keep Folklore Alive, like um, I sent off and have been emailing with um, a person who communicates with dolphins and swims with them. And also has like um, channels and has a, uh, I don't know, if she, I don't know if she has interactions with cosmic beings, but you know, she's into the um, space as well as the sea uh, beings. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, and then I'm in contact with a fellow named Magnus who uh, leads an elf school in Iceland, um, nice. which I've graduated from. Um, but we, you know, plan to go back there <laughs> and film him and another lady who's like an ambassador for the uh, elves to the Icelandic government. Wow. Uh, oh man. And, uh, there, and there was someone else I did. And then also at the same time, I emailed the park and recs in Oakland because they have a lake that had a, uh, a small lake that has a lake monster. So for Halloween, okay. this year, the, I'm the vice president of a really funny historical group we're going to put up a bronze plaque for this lake monster, the Lake Merritt monster. Uh, That's so, awesome. I mean, that was this afternoon. Do you just go around putting uh, plaques up and different weird stuff in California or? Yeah, it's yeah. a gold, okay. it's gold rush era um, historical group. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, we put up all sorts of funny plaques, old haunted saloons, you know. That's awesome. Black bar, this strange, you know, strange, obscure history. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's really fun. Oh, man. Uh, this, the next question is, I feel it could be a super grenade, but uh, what are the top books someone getting in the Bigfoot should have on their bookshelf? Uh, Ivan Sanderson, uh, yeah. Legends in the Life. That's, that's like the, uh, that's the, the Bible or the Koran of, of okay. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Obama Snowman was my true first love. Um, okay. Let's see. Um, I would say a John Green. Any of the John Greens. What is, I'm trying to think of what is it? Search of the Unknown. I'm trying to think of the name of the titles. Um, There's like the three pamphlet type books. Yeah, like those yeah. ones you're talking about? I have yeah. one about it. Yeah, I have one about 10 feet away from me right now. Nice. It's just because they're um, his point of view. I, I, I don't personally believe all the things that he says, but okay. it's great to have that point of view and to know that point of view. It's just like when people like say, it's like when you have friends who are like, 
you have a good friend who's like the opposite spectrum of the political party that you favor. You know what I mean? It's like, you need to have a friend like that. You need to, because it's important. It keeps the balance, you know, of knowledge Mm -hmm. or else you're putting all your eggs in one basket if you don't, you know? Right. Even with Bigfoot. Um, That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So that one and uh, I don't know. Um, That'd be a tough one. I don't know about the third one right now. There's there's a Peter Byrne um, paperback mm-hmm. that I like a lot. Because um, he's a good storyteller. Oh, man. Yeah, from what I've heard of him, super, yeah. super amazing life story. Yeah. Um, is there a book that has escaped your grasp that you are trying to find and you just can't get it? Um. Let me see. Not, not yet. I read that one book. Uh, it was called The Creature. Did you hear about that one? It's like a little paperback. Um, no, that one was um, Let's try to escape my grasp. Um, no. Um, not really. Like, I was able to, cool. like, um, the Falk Monster, like, um, I was able when Smoky Crabtree was alive, you know, I called okay. him. Yeah. I ordered ordered his book and then it was so good. I ordered oh, wow. his second book, which kind of, you know, was a little sleeper, but um still good. Cause it's just, you know, his day to day with a monster in it, which is really cool. That's awesome. So I, I like oh, books, that, you know. That's cool. Oh. I got it. I slowly build up building up my my collection for sure see i just i got into this kind of because of covid so like i still haven't like i've never had my experience of like going out or like going to a conference or anything because i've just been stuck in iowa i go to the van meter visitor festival there's the one reference for the episode but um that's my thing i can do because it's so close to des moines but you know, someday we'll get out into the crazy country and go to California and hit all those spots that you mentioned and probably go to Confusion Hill too. That would be pretty legit. I think um, I think you have a gravity house pass. And 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 actually that that means I'll probably be hanging out with you in September when I come out for the Van Meter uh, visitor festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That oh, book is really good. good. The the three it's guys so book. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's got a lot more than people would imagine in that book. Like if you haven't read the Van Meter Visitor by uh, by Chad and Kevin, it is it's a good book. It's a, it's the only book too, but um, that's yeah. easily accessible. Um, what are your thoughts about Mothman? Do you have any Mothman thoughts? Um, I'll be honest. I have never. I never really got into the Mothman. Um, I found the character Ingrid Cole, who is, you know, the yeah. guy who I thought that story is a weird that, dude. That story is what blew my mind. That's the, yeah. that, and that is a similar situation where like, hey, maybe he's here because he's trying to look for this mothman that got loose, you know, and he's 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 Ooh. like the dog catcher, you know, which is like totally or they released it and they want to see how it's doing. Just like, you know, the saucers and the Bigfoot. I mean, who knows? But, um, but that story happening at the same time, um, that's what really got me. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, and Seth, um, his last, I mean, both of the Mothman 
documentaries he put out were really good, you know? Oh, yeah. So I'd I almost, those, those were my first exposure, you know, other than reading like a couple pages about it in a book. Oh, really? You know? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. Funny because, you know, that shows how regional monsters get, even in the United States. Exactly. You know? um, in fact, I was thinking today, like, he, he, whatever, you go to Nepal, it's the Yeti. You go to Bhutan next door, it's, it's the Migu. You, you go to, you know, China's the urine. So it changes its names. So it's interesting mm. in the United States how people will toggle back and forth from Bigfoot to Sasquatch when Sasquatch is what they call it in Canada. So I've, I always try never to call it Bigfoot. I, I never try to call it Sasquatch in the United States. And I always try okay. to call it Sasquatch in Canada, you know? That's funny. Yeah. Uh, just because it's like a regional thing. I don't know. But then. Oh, crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about uh, Dogman? Uh, I, I haven't got into it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah, I, I, I just uh, uh, this isn't doing for me yet. Maybe, maybe something will like spark spark it for me. But you know, like um, this morning, I found myself listening to a whole bunch of like. Uh, of um interviews about the lizard man you know oh yeah totally yeah and i was just like oh my gosh it would be so cool to interview this the the guy now because now he saw when he was like 17 in 1980 something he's Mm -hmm. like 50 years old now you know totally um yeah that that's that's more i'm i think i'm more into the whole scooby-doo-ish sort of situation (laughs) you know Even the Concer Lake monster, like there was an article I, I was, you know, sleuthing through like old, you know, art newspapers. They're now gone. Uh, and it was saying how like, oh, yeah, well, the Concer Lake monster in Oregon wasn't seen after the uh, liquor cash, you know, like, high, you know, whatever. They bust oh, the, like, no. liquor, liquor smugglers or whatever. And it was just like, oh, that's like, like an ideal situation where like these liquor smugglers. Yeah, scare people off by getting a Bigfoot suit, but then it attracts all these Bigfoot hunters, and then they've got a situation, and then it gets hilarious. You know, oh man, that's funny. Uh, Last question: What do you consider the top evidence for Bigfoot? Uh, uh, I want to say. Honestly, I want to say it's stories of people cool. who are witnesses that never believed in it. That's, mm-hmm. that's what me, you know, like I, I, I mean, I'm, it's not my story to tell, but I don't think that they're really in the Bigfoot world. So I'll, I'll tell their stories right now. That's okay. cool. That's cool. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So when I was in, um, at the Bigfoot symposium in 2003, I met a guy, he had moved uh, to the United States from India and, like a lot of people, he's just like, he's like, I had a job in New York. I rented a convertible and I was like, I'm going to cross, you know, drive across the whole United States to see the country. Right. Yeah. He gets, and he's like, he gets to, uh, this is like 1996 or 1995. He goes through Southern Ohio and he's driving and he sees a Bigfoot in the middle of the road. Right. Wow. He's like, a year or two goes by, he's at work. He, he's like, one of them is the internet's now out and he's just like, Oh yeah, I saw right. one of those. I first moved to the S and it's like, coworkers like, no, you didn't. He's like, yeah, I did. He's like, no, you didn't. and he thinks 
for the first time, you know, he thinks, oh, what I saw, what he thought, the guy was jealous that he just saw like a really rare animal. Yeah. And then he finds out through the internet that like, no, he saw something that people don't believe in, but then some people do. But he was just like, I wow. saw this. You know, he's like, I saw this thing. And so he goes to the Bigfoot conference because no one believes what he saw, but he saw what he saw. And he didn't really think, you know, he, he was surprised what he saw, but he was, he didn't think it was like this, like, you know, uh, such a, uh, I don't want to say paranormal, but it's such a situation that people don't believe mm. in. And, uh, and then at that Bigfoot conference, there was a, a, a lady who had inherited a grandmother's house on the reservation there the hooper reservation and she was telling me she's like i didn't she was all by herself and i sat next to her at lunch i remember this and and i'm like oh do you live nearby and she's like yeah she's like i didn't believe in any of this stuff but i inherited my grandmother's house me and my okay. daughter live there. the school bus comes and she just tells me the story the school bus comes in the mornings on mondays picks up all the kids at like 7 45 or something and she's like i went outside with my cup of coffee hadn't even drank it and to go see my daughter and I turned to the left and there she is communicating with this Bigfoot that's she caught the Bigfoot like well the Bigfoot was reaching over her fence picking the apples from her apple tree that was on her side of the fence and oh, she wow. goes here's this thing that I thought never existed that my grandma told me about that I just thought was like the boogeyman and I never believed it and there it is oh man like before eight o'clock on a Monday morning while I'm getting my daughter to go to school. And I haven't even started my coffee yet. You're like, they, Let me drink my coffee, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so I got the two of them to, to talk, you know, her and the, and the fella from India because, Oh, cool. You know, because they didn't, they, they didn't believe in it and they didn't feel, um, they felt nervous about telling their story to anybody, mm. you know? And, and I was just like, you know, carefree and just you know shooting the breeze i could tell that they had a story but they were like kind of hiding by themselves you know wow yeah oh that's real that's a cool story yeah it was like i was like uh, it was like i was the uh, cupid on the dating dating show (laughs) getting the bigfoot people that's awesome i'll let uh, flippy to tell the uh, the bigfoot uh, dating there's a funny anyways well What perhaps, happens an, Bigfoot, perhaps another episode who knows what happens at bigfoot conferences today's at bigfoot conferences i've heard that from multiple people um in different respects but anyways um man this has been like super fun hanging out thank you so much for coming on kai yeah. um how can how can people keep up to date with with what you got going on do you and that's how that can be a weird question to ask. Uh, it's pretty much if you have any like stuff to plug, like please go ahead. You have like, oh, yeah. social media presence, stuff like that. Oh God, I'm horrible at that. Uh, I'm always like, I always try to hide behind the green curtains, like, you know, pulling this, you know, the knobs. Totally. The, yeah. Um, I, I don't like, I don't, I like to get underneath the uh, spotlight very often, but um, let's see. That's a great question. Um, on your show. On your show is the best place to Ooh. find out about what I'm doing. Wow, that's so, that's an honor. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, because I my for my Instagram is just like Confusion Hill, and I just focus on yep. Confusion Hill. Uh, my regular like Facebook page is just like whatever you know, goofy stuff. I mean, right. I don't even 
I don't even have a picture of myself on there, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I keep it a little secret. Hey, that's no sweat. These are the best yeah. interviews because it's like people are like, well, you really interviewed Craig Flippy? I'm like, yeah, what's the big deal? And they're like, he does, does that. And it's like, all right, cool. So I'm always excited to interview people that usually don't get out there, which is fun. So thank you again for coming on. Um, you are cool with uh, hanging out for a few more minutes. I've got a few more questions, maybe prompts to ask you for the Patreon. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The juicy Patreon, stuff. Yeah, yep. show you yeah my, totally. Uh, Western Victor Society. Oh, that's cool. That is that old school? It's old school. Yeah, Ray Crow, he, uh, he oh, had the man. Western Victor Society in Portland, and they'd have really good meetings. Um, that's is that single stitch is that single stitch shirt probably yeah it's kind of got saying uh oh no no it's it's got the uh it's it's so awesome that's legit dude (laughs) that's awesome i think he changed to the international bigfoot society i'm i'm old school i guess very cool very cool Well, uh, if you want to hear that, you just go to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society and you can help support the podcast and listen to Kai's extra stuff. But thanks again for uh, hanging out with us, listeners, and we will see you again next week. Thanks for coming on, Kai. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Big thanks to Kai Wada Roth for coming on the podcast and sharing all sorts of crazy stories. Uh, check out Confusion Hill 101 on Instagram to find out more about Confusion Hill. And I've got stickers up on Etsy, so uh, check out the links in my link tree. Pick up a sticker and support the podcast. Thank the supporting members of the Bigfoot Society Patreon. Uh, we have Surfetes, uh, Josh Sewich from the Starfall Collective on Twitch, Greg Morrill from the Order 66 podcast. We have Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands. Daniel Fuller with Caveman Resale on eBay. Connor Anderson. Kenzie from the Crypto Chats podcast. Lauren from Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio. Sky Slacker. Again, a huge thank you to the early supporters of the Bigfoot Society Patreon in the $5 tier. That is now closed. Uh, You can still get in the extra content and support, but now uh, there is a $10 tier, and after that is full, it will go up to a $15 tier. So definitely you want to get in soon so you can get into that $10 tier. And thanks again to uh, the people's names I just mentioned, those Patreon members, for being early supporters of the Bigfoot Society podcast. And if you're not a Patreon member and you're just a listener, thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, Go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at bigfootsocietypodcast.com you can always go to instagram at bigfoot society and we have a tiktok now it gets pretty crazy there bigfoot bigfoot dot society at bigfoot dot society one last thing guys we need to talk about the new clubhouse app uh, it's currently in beta it is an audio only platform 
I am currently setting up uh, the cryptozoology community on Clubhouse. So if you have Clubhouse, look up uh, my name, which is public and out there, Jeremiah Byron. And uh, it's username at Bigfoot Society. And add me so that you can be in the Clubhouse Bigfoot Society room that'll be happening every week at uh, Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a great time. We've got a lot of people already in there. Uh, you're going to get hooked, so check it out. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or 